Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey friends, this is Drew Powell, Butch Gilzine from Fox's Gotham. You're listening to Next Level Radio. Welcome to DC Primetime, this issue, uh, which we are dubbing our Gotham Annual Number 2, as last week, uh, or last week and a half at this point, because schedules suck sometimes. Uh, We did our Gotham Annual Number 1, Season 1 recap uh, this week. Uh, Today, this issue, we are doing our Gotham Annual Season 2 recap. Um, and I just want to say, first off, uh, two apologies that we have to make. One, uh, I want to apologize for any delay in this annual being put up for you to listen to. Um, as I mentioned, schedules did not work out that we were able to record over the weekend, uh, because Rob had to go away. And you had to do stuff after I got back. (laughs) All right. So we're both to blame. (laughs) Uh, But introductions, since I haven't gotten to them yet, uh, from the Showcast Spotlight now on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from Caffeine Crew, I am Rob Martin. And Ben, you forgot to say the second apology. Uh, I I was getting to it. No, you didn't. You didn't. (laughs) I didn't. You're right. I was getting to it. You cut Uh, your own self off. I know, but I want to (laughs) do Speaking of getting cut off, um, want to apologize for any audio issues that we may have had during the Gotham Annual number one. Um, I apparently did not pick up on them when I was editing the podcast, but Rob did. Um, Apparently, there are multiple times throughout the podcast recording that words get cut off. Uh, I want to apologize for that. I was using a new program to record our audio. Uh, It was a free version of that program, so I'm assuming that's probably where the error came in. Uh, But now we are using the same program, but we are fully uh, licensed with it and uh, premium for this program. So hopefully that will alleviate and get rid of those audio issues. So, in other words, if there's any issues this week, we'll go back to the way we used to do things. <laughs> yes. So, And I will consider this license a huge waste of money. Indeed. So, But uh, uh, actually, something I got to throw in there, too, real quick. Uh, since we launched the Facebook page, uh, it's awesome to see so many of you guys actually responding to stuff. Um, it's been really cool to see that. So uh, thanks for bearing with us as we got that off, uh, off the ground. Like, I know a couple days where I was just dumping all of the news stories I could during my lunch break at work. So you guys were probably seeing like 15 notifications back to back. And I was texting uh, Rob during lo- those like, lunches. Don't do that. Saying, like, uh, spread it out, dude. And I was like, I know I just don't have time because <laughs> <laughs> it was me actually reading the news stories as usual. And I'm like, Oh, I just could do this, do the share button. I'm like, there's no way to schedule it this way. I don't feel like going into Facebook proper. And then I'm like, I guess I could do that. So, yeah. So I started doing that. So everything's been scheduled out and not slamming everybody. But thank you guys for actually getting out there, commenting um, and uh, getting involved. It's been really 
cool to see. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of things that we've already seen a few of you mention that we'll probably bring up tonight, especially as far as Gotham is concerned. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and on the note of Gotham, um, I want to reveal something early on so that we we just get it out of the way now. There was a chance we were supposed to have a special guest during the Gotham annual season two recording this time around. Uh, and it was going to be a lot of fun because I've been messaging this guy back and forth. Um, and we were planning on doing something cool uh, with like I was I was. I didn't even reveal this to you yet, but we were we were figuring out something where uh, he would be in on the call and I would completely talk trash about his character <laughs> and he would just randomly hop in and just start defending his character. Uh, but one, I couldn't do that because I love his character in the show. Uh, and two, he is such a nice guy that um, uh, it wouldn't have been it would have been fun, but it wouldn't have been fair to him. Uh, but he just had shoulder surgery, so he's still on a he's still a little loopy from his pain meds. Uh, but Drew Powell, Butch Gilzine from Gotham, was going to join us tonight. Uh, but unfortunately, as I said, due to his pain medication and him being a little out of it, he uh, he had to pass tonight. Well, at least we we you know me and Ben will be getting a chance to spend some time with him personally uh, early October. So um, maybe we'll get a chance to at least do a little video or something for everybody uh, on Facebook. And yeah, uh, if not, we'll hopefully maybe try to get him on sometime soon. I'm sure between him recovering and his shooting schedule, we, there's no promises, but we will at least have a little something between the three of us, uh, probably early October. Yeah, I can tell you right now, we will at, at the very least, um, we'll go and visit his booth uh, during the convention that he is at uh, when we go to say hi, and I will Facebook Live it on a page. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to see that when we uh, when we go and visit him. And... I'm going to reach out again to him a little bit, uh, probably tomorrow, to see if maybe, just maybe, uh, no promises, maybe he'll join us on Sunday uh, when we talk, when we recap everything leading up to right before Gotham Season 3 debuts. Yeah. So, And, uh, you know, I'm kind of hoping he's still a little loopy because <laughs> maybe we can get a couple of nuggets of information out about Season 3. I don't... He's not supposed to ta- say anything and then all this just have to keep it a secret. Yeah, but I don't want any spoilers. So I I think that's more fun. But yeah, maybe we could get some cool. We got some cool stuff out of him when Adam and I, uh, Adam from the showcast, talked to him, which I actually posted on the page today. Page today. It was our throwback Thursday. Um, we got some cool info out of him about season, uh, some possibilities for season three. And now, um, who knows? Maybe we'll get to talk to him later on. But one way or another, sometime in the next couple of weeks, you will see uh, Drew in some form involved with us whether it be via podcast or facebook live uh or pictures or what have you so indeed uh but let's get things moving uh we obviously have a whole season two to recap and of course at the end of this we weren't able to do it at the end of gotham annual season one because there was a second season we had to recap but we can go back to making predictions again Yes, we can. And we also have about a week and a half's worth of news to deal with. (laughs) Yep. So we're going to get through this uh, in traditional fare. So we're going to say it's going to be short. That means it's going to be an hour and a half. And then the news is going to be an hour and a half. So (laughs) I get to go to bed at around like 1 a.m. So it's not going to be be that late. Well, no, you get to go to bed at 1 a.m. because you still have to get this edited tonight. Yes, exactly. Yes. But in traditional style, with our annuals, here's what we cover. We're going to cover our least favorite and favorite moments, least favorite characters, as well as favorite characters, worst and best episode, rate the villain, rate the season, and then we'll make some predictions as well. Um, So let us start 
with. Um, let's start with our least favorite moment, which I know we usually do. And I'm glad. Hand up, hand up, hand up. I already know what I want to say. (laughs) Um, Well, I know because we both want to say the same thing. Least favorite moment we're going to get through very quickly. Uh, I think on the count of three, we should just say it at the same time. Okay. Uh, One, two, three. Resurrection, yeah, resurrection of fish. <laughs> resurrection Mooney. of fish, Mooney. Ah. Um, we made no bones about that in the Gotham Manual season one um, or Gotham Manual number one. We don't like fish, Mooney, no. and we were excited that there was a season two with fuller villains, and Fish Mooney was not going to be one of them. And then what happens towards the end of this season? They lied. She's not dead. Well, she was dead. They brought her back because they just mean. Freaking people Hugo and Strange. the showrunners of this show are assholes. Uh, but only for that particular thing. Everything else of this season really enjoyed. But God damn it. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think hands down compare when you compare season one and season two. Now, I'm not saying season two is a perfect season. It is. It's, it's not at all. Um but hands down, compared to season one, man, it is so much stronger. Um, and it's the villains that do it. It's the villains that run it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. One of the things I was trying to look up, and I'm, I'm trying to dig through some comments from uh, our Facebook page, and I'm, I want to give this person credit because it just made me happy. Oh, are you um, talking about the Fish Mooney comment? Yes. Please yes, do, because yes, yes. I, I even commented uh, back on it, and I said yes, that is the did. perfect way to describe it. Uh and I apologize. I'm going to see if I can find who stated this. Um, and uh, if I can't find it, I apologize. And we'll, we'll make sure you get your your uh, your dues at least sometime in the future. But, ah, here you go. It was uh, our listener, Shad Welsh, uh, saying, Fish Mooney is a human embodiment of Arrow flashbacks. <laughs> and I still think that was the best thing I've heard about her character yet. Uh, so... Our hats are off to you, sir. That was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to put it. Is It's everything we hate about Arrow flashbacks truncated down into one physical embodiment and character. And that's Fish Mooney. Exactly. Um, the show was doing so good. Like, the first half of the season had some awesome, awesome moments. Uh, it had some more, more of the downsides that I think you and me both agree on. Uh, and the second half of the season was like off to the races. And then this moment hits and you're like, why would you do this? It felt like they took all the wind out of their sails in one shot. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, and thankfully, again, she was a very small moment of all of this. And she really didn't matter much uh, in the grand scheme of all this. So, like she had maybe, what, five minutes of screen time in, in three episodes. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, that that five minutes of screen time, or however much it was, um, is going to lead into a lot more in season three. Oh, God um, you know, you have such a strong lead in into this third season, um, and you have this one weak point going along with it. And you know, it's it's one of those old sayings that you're only as good as you're you're only as strong as your weakest link. And unfortunately, she's a weak link to this to this cast at least in in our opinion yeah um you know maybe just maybe they're gonna do something with her character uh you know having been resurrected from the dead maybe they'll do something clever with her and um you know change our opinions of this as we go into this third season but it's 
Uh, and I and I don't want this to come across as if we hate Jada Pinkett Smith because we oh, don't. Oh, not at all. I think she's she's actually a really good actress. She is. And uh, from everything I've seen from her from interviews, she's very friendly. She's very down to earth. It's just this character we do not like. Um, it just doesn't fit to us in in the spectrum of everything. It seems very out of place. I, I got to say that, too, especially now um, of all times. I mean, season two, and before we get into the rest of our moments, in the, but it's kind of backing this thought up, is season two especially. We're getting deeper and deeper into the backstory of what makes Bruce Wayne Batman. And more specifically, the characters that ultimately will be drastically a larger part of his life. And we're getting closer and closer to that mythos. I mean, we're still many years away from it, but like those things are coming more like more full circle than I expected them to by the end of season two. I mean, we got characters in full costume that I never expected to see. Um, and I gotta say, honestly, having her there is a big, de- you know, departure away from the characters I really think they should be focusing on because they're making certain characters that were in the background that much more interesting to watch now. And that time should totally be spent on them. And I want to see our young Bruce Wayne continuing his rise. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to be wasting time on her uh, her rise to power yet again in season three. It's a waste of time. No, I mean, it, and when I think Fish Mooney when it comes to this series, I think the mob storylines. And we're now into a season that's been dubbed the Rise of the Villains and the Wrath of the Villains, and I'm not sure what the moniker of season three is. I think they uh, did get Mad one. C- it's Mad City. Okay. Uh, she Again, I mean, she relates to the mob where this doesn't fit now because uh, she's going to become one of these mad people, but uh, if she goes back to her mob mentality, it's you're going back to season one again. Well, yeah, the synopsis very much was her reclimbing through the ranks of Gotham's underworld. And I'm like, and it's like, we, we already did this, though. She did this in season one. Why would you rehash this plot point? It yeah. doesn't make any sense to do this a second time. Um, and I think I'm trying to remember exactly. It was another one of our listeners brought up a, a point of kind of just in general. Having her around makes Penguin not function the way he has been like. You know, we saw him climb up, have a rough moment or two in season two, kind of fall from grace again. You know, he deals with everything in Arkham and then we see him snap and you want to see him rise back through the ranks yet again. I don't want to see him, as that listener put it, is now struggling to deal with fish and kind of cowering in a corner because fish is in the picture again. Well, I mean, and that same person who, who mentioned that on Facebook refers to him, and I think that might have been actually Shad, again, that made that comment. Um, he put, he, again, he puts it perfectly, is that Fish Mooney is kryptonite to Penguin. Yeah. You know, he she is his weakness, and it's it shouldn't be that way. If you really want to build the strength in this character, which we got a lot of through this season two, um, they need to be completely separate. Uh, it was Shad again that mentioned okay. that. Yeah. I thought so. But, but yeah, that's that's that is a really good true point, and we got to hundred percent agree with him. Is it is it, that sh- that you know fish is Cobblepot's kryptonite, and I don't. And if they're going to rehash her kind of climbing back through the ranks, they've got to make sure that they don't fall trapped to doing that with him again. Like it's just going to be. You know, all out war, and by the end of the first half of season three, she's got to be done. 
They have to wrap her character up and storyline up. Let her go, you know, let her be a go be a cuttlefish in Gotham Bay. You know, I don't care. Nobody cares about her character. Nobody wants her there. I, you, you know, you think the reason that she wasn't involved, too, is she was the most hated character critically in season one. Why would you bring her back in season two? I hope if they're going to have her in season three, they need to do something incredibly smart with her. Now, uh, there is one, and I just thought of this, there is one acceptable way I will tolerate Fish Mooney. And that is if with Hugo Strange in the picture and Hugo being the one who brought her back to life, if Hugo Strange sets up shop somewhere else again, which I'm sure he probably will, um, and the same way he brought Fish back to life, the same way in Legends that we had Barista watch, if we have a Penguin Kills Fish watch in that he gets to constantly kill her in different ways, she becomes the Kenny of Gotham. Well, I hate to burst that bubble for you, but it uh, sounds like we've already gotten confirmation, which I will remove from the news from this past week and a <laughs> half, that B.D. Wong will only be in a small handful of episodes. And he said, we're going to see him in episode two, season three. But they said, for the most part, his story has been wrapped up. All right. Well, maybe she she's immortal and he can keep killing her and she just keeps coming back. I, it's a stupid idea, but it, again, it, it goes right along with the stupidity of her character being back. Um, you know, it's the only way we'll really tolerate it. Well, so. know what it is. It's instead of Breeze to watch what it is, it's going to be episodes without fish. And we're going <laughs> to count down and it's going to be good while it lasts. Yes. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. So. Uh, let's move forward, though. Um, you know, while we, there's, we, yeah. you know, we some... spent way too much time on that. As much as we hated on her in annual one. I think that's going to be the last thing we're going to say about her. Yeah. So um, there were, uh, of course, though, uh, favorite moments. Man, I had a few. I did too. I, I had a bunch. Um, Why don't you go first? I'm going to actually leave mine to one, and that's it. Okay. Um, um, I'm gonna. I'm just going to name a couple. Um, okay. Uh, my my absolute favorite moment. I think we actually both share this one, unless you've changed since then. And it was a good reason why I really wanted to have Drew on with us tonight, because this was actually when we were going to probably lead into him coming on. Um, it was a really great, huge smile on my face moment when Butch blows up Azrael with the RPG. Oh, God, yes. It is such a fantastic moment of that show, you know, because it it's not just Butch. I mean, it's a great Oswald moment, um, you know, when he's confronting Azriel, And, you know, he says his spiel steps aside and in steps Butch with a rocket launcher and just completely <laughs> obliterates Azriel. Um, it's a, such a great moment. I think that's probably it's it's in my tops of favorite moments. Um, the another favorite moment of mine is um, another Drew moment is the very end. It's during the season finale when Butch just comes out with the chain gun and just starts tearing apart the bus. That was actually I tweeted a picture of that to Drew and said we need to trend hashtag badass Butch. Oh yeah. Um, and he retweeted that and had fun with it. Uh, but outside of the Butch moments, um, I really loved, and I want to say it's early on in the season. Um, I think it's, I actually, I think it's the second, it might even be the second episode. Um, it's in the top, it's, I think it's in like the first five episodes of the season. There is a moment where, um, 
Bruce and Alfred are trying to get information, and Alfred agrees to go into a fight. And he takes the beating to teach Bruce that you bait, you wait your time to strike. And it's, it's all you have to do is you don't have to beat him. You just ha- have to outlast him. You have him. to outlast him. And that I, would be episode 14. Oh, was it that late? Yes, it was. Wow. Um, because you, you, you can bring that point up now, but don't say too much more because uh, that goes into my favorite episode. Well, I was actually – no, no. I was actually going to say my favorite moment from that episode is actually when Bruce takes that advice. Yes. And he gets – and he outlasts the guy in the fight. Oh, actually, that's actually even later than that, so – the actual original fight that he learns that lesson is episode 14. It's it, We see that play out, I think, more so in episode 15 or 16. Okay. With, with Bruce. But it's that moment that Bruce, yeah. in that fight, like when he takes that lesson to heart and he, he does that. However, number one, favorite moment of Gotham season two, which I have deemed dinner with the family, <laughs> is the moment... That Oswald feeds his stepbrother and sister to his stepmother before murdering his stepmother. That moment. That was, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, and it made me realize Oswald did it first. Uh, Because a scene like that does happen in Game of Thrones. Um, Oswald did it first, and it was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that is a true, like, that is a sadistic Oswald moment. Um, it's that's that line. It's like, and you thought they tasted the same. You know? <laughs> oh, such a good delivery, too. Yes. Uh, but that has to be my favorite moment of season two is, is that whole dinner scene with Oswald and his stepmother. Yeah. No, that was a phenomenal one. Uh, mine's definitely this going to be Butch and the RPG. <laughs> It's so great. I love it. Really it really is. Because when that moment happened, I, like me and my wife were like, holy shit. And I'm <laughs> yep. like, it was just awesome. I love that. Yeah. So. Um, so that was that was it then for you? Was that yeah, the moment? Yeah, I'm going to leave that because my other biggest ones um, kind of fall more into tricky. episodes. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's not a single moment. It's an entirety of an episode that leads to a moment. Okay. So. Um, all right. Well, then we'll we'll go into characters. Then um, starting with least favorite character, we'll, we'll kind of leave Fish Mooney to the side because we've already mentioned that. Um, and I do have another character in this season that I really, really wasn't crazy about. But I'm going to turn it over to you first for least favorite character. For least favorite character, unless you're just going with Fish. Uh, no, actually, I'm not. I'm I actually oddly enough was Theo Galavan. Um, he was my least favorite in this season. Um, you know, the, the little twist with Azrael was interesting. I thought that was kind of cool. But the front half of the season, I didn't like him at all. Like, he seemed very wasted, and it seemed like we didn't know anything about him. And it was just for a while, we were like, okay, is this Court of Vowels? And they were like, oh, Order of St. Dumas. Uh, you know, I was not seeing that coming. And it felt very much like, hey, it's this Gotham family thing. And I'm like, okay, this is very Court of Owls. This is exactly where this is going. And when they switched that, and I'm like, wow, they wrote that all wrong. Um, yeah, I, I was not a fan of it. I really did not like his character. Uh, I thought his sister was kind of obnoxious as well, but she kind of became more interesting to watch. So Tabitha was it was ended up being somebody I found a little bit more interesting. But yeah, Theo, 
Uh, he had a couple really good moments and a good couple good scenes. The Azrael part of him was really interesting to watch, but I generally think though him in the front half of season two, season two was left a little to be desired. So, so we're talking Theo Gallivant running for mayor rather than becoming uh, coming back from coming back from the dead to become Azrael. Right. It was okay. the the mayor Gallivant kind of lead up, like the stuff that you got to see him in the beginning, where he was like seemed like he was somewhat on the level a little bit, and then you realize he wasn't on the level. I mean, that stuff was interesting. But as soon as they kind of like, oh no, it's the Order of Saint Dumas, and I'm like, yeah, you lost me with this character. Okay, it it just didn't feel right. Um, I'm gonna go in a different direction, and I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see how many people, even yourself, uh, are going to agree with me or disagree with me. Um. I was not crazy, I, I, and I wanted to be because I love the actor. Um, I wasn't crazy about Nathaniel Barnes, the new head of Gotham PD. Oh, Michael Chiklis. I loved him. I loved, You loved the character or you loved Michael uh, yeah. Chiklis? Well, both. Okay. Um, I actually liked him a lot because, it, you know, it worked because the show felt like it got a massive tonal shift, uh, especially in the second half of the season. But there was the, I think the episode where you're kind of like, I really don't want this character to die was when it was the episode with, I believe, the Flamingo, when they had the contract killers uh, going after Jim Gordon. And it was when they were in Galavan's place and it was just him and Barnes together, like Gordon and Barnes and like making their last stand. And, you know, Barnes was already pretty badly shot up. And they're like, I actually want him to stick around. He seems kind of fun. Yeah, maybe well, not ju- fun. Like he was the right kind of hard ass cop that that show kind of needed because Gordon skits the line a little bit more than I think I would like to in the show. That's kind of about Gordon being kind of the good cop. Oh, I, I mean, like. he's he's a flat out killer. I oh mean, yeah, there's like, no doubt about it at this point. Yeah, uh, and that's the one thing that the show still kind of makes me feel shaky about is I'm like he's supposed to be like this clean whistle, like you know, and he is anything but. Yeah. Um. And uh, and seeing Barnes is like, I hope that character is the one that kind of knocks him into shape. And he kind of did a bit. But, you know, Gordon still being Gordon in this TV show is got to make all the dumbest decisions humanly possible in a show. So they have something to work with. Yeah. So um, I will say, too, uh, um, I don't want to say this person was falling in my least favorite characters because I still love this character. Um, but a character I was kind of disappointed with this season and especially because of how much I love this character last season, um, I wasn't crazy about Bullock this season. I was a little disappointed. Um, I don't felt he had nearly as many strong moments in this one until he took over. Oh, um, yeah. That was his, like, redeeming moment of this season. Yeah, Chief Bullock. Yeah, but yeah, up, that was that was fun to watch. Yeah, but up until that point, I kind of felt like he took a back seat. He really did, but you know, honestly, this season it felt like Gordon took a big backseat too. Um, and I mean, you know, obviously he's still kind of front and center, but in the grand scheme of things, his storyline this season was the le- one of the more least interesting things that was happening. It was just him being involved in all these other storylines, it felt like. Yeah. You know, his was a very reactionary role. He never felt like he was doing, leading the charge too often. Like, he obviously did, obviously, because the show's you know, he's the show's lead character, mm. but it felt like his, his role was very reactionary for the most part. Um, in quite a bit of the season, you know, he always felt like he was drastically one step behind everybody else. Um, I mean, 
even Bruce, this kid, this this 15-year-old kid, he was a step behind in a very pivotal moment. Um, and it was just, you know, he it was him and Bullock, like I said, because Gordon's there, Bullock has to be even further behind. You know, it's the downside on the way that the show works. And season one, they were so front and center. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, all right. This is going to be interesting because there are so many new characters this season. Um, I don't know where you fall in this, and I don't think you know where I fall in this. But let's talk about some of our favorite characters or favorite character, at least. Um, well, I, I definitely have two. I, I do. I do as well. I have two. And I'm um, curious if they're going to be the same. I'll I'll let you start with one of your first ones first. I'm going to okay. save I'm going to save my absolute favorite for last for second. Okay. Um, my absolute favorite I'll leave for second as well. So I'm going to say B.D. Wong's portrayal of Hugo Strange. Fantastic was, was phenomenal. Not and, not in my top two, but uh, um, I do agree. But I give him my number two. I mean, obviously it was overacted and hammy at moments, but it's hammy and over over the top in the same way that Wentworth Miller plays Captain Cold. Yes, it was fun. It was still fun. And it's a it's a it's going to be a tough line to beat, considering this is the first time we've ever seen this character portrayed in a live action series. Right. I mean, we've seen him seen him in the old Batman, the animated series. We've seen him in the Arkham uh, Arkham City game, um, where they did a great job in both accounts. Um, but yeah, they, they got that character, his look beautiful, uh, and the portrayal of him even better. It's, it's, he set a high bar when it comes to playing that character. I mean, I think honestly too, for villain of the season, it was a high bar, very high bar. Yeah. Um, my second favorite character from this season, um, is Bridget Pike, Firefly. Um, I thought this was a great portrayal of this character i loved seeing a female version of it i didn't have a problem with that at all and i really 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 hope we get to see more focus on this character going into season three yeah i really enjoyed her too um that was actually one of my favorite episodes because i had a really hard time picking my favorite on this one there was like there's so many great episodes in this season um and hers was you know one of my favorites and especially when she came back in at the end, um, yes. when we kind of saw that brainwashed version of her, like that shit insane. <laughs> and I'm like, and it was fun. I mean, it was, she's just that, that actress did such a great job of taking, uh, giving a new take on a very existing character, like that Garfield Lynn's character. It's Garfield Lynn's is a character that we even have seen on Arrow. Uh, I want to say it was early season two of Arrow. And uh, I think they did it wonderfully here she looked fantastic in this suit when we see her later on um and yeah absolutely loved it so i can totally understand that one yeah um okay before we get into our favorite character of the season i want to ask um because this will help me gauge whether or not we have the same person in mind for this character uh is your favorite character a season one character yes they are a season one character they are a season one character Oh, they, okay, yes, okay, that person is a season one that character. That character is a season one character, Okay, yes. so is mine. So okay. I'm curious. I will let you go first. Okay, because you said you're curious, you're kind of right on, on the money there. Uh, Edward Nygma. Yes, absolutely. Down. The way that Penguin stole the show in season one, he stole the show in season two. Uh, hands down. Yes, um, from... 
I, God, like the whole, I mean, he, it's not just Corey Michael Smith's portrayal of this character. He is brilliant when it comes to this character, especially the moment when those two sides of him merge and he becomes the Riddler, just not by name, but by your presentation. Um, but the whole like plot to, to frame Gordon and the reveal of every, my God, it is so he you're right he stole this season he did and that episode specifically that like it feels like that all culminated was i got it written down because this was my second favorite episode was episode 15 mad gray dawn that's when you see him actually doing the art museum bit where it's the fake bomb and then you know stealing the one painting that was uh, the bombing at a train station kind of thing all mm-hmm. that stuff that that big, that, that kind of big build up um, it was so cool. I loved watching him. It, it, he's he's one of those characters that, like, obviously because of the, the, the way this show is built and that Bruce is still very young, so we're seeing the very beginning stages of all these characters. Um, you know, almost like the... Um, like young justice versions of these characters. We're seeing young villains of these characters. Um, so we know these are characters that are going to be around for a long time, but he is one of those characters that because of the way his story is going, I want to see him become the Riddler and I want to see him be by the time Bruce becomes Batman Riddler has been around for a while. He is a veteran villain in Gotham city. Well, uh, we we did see something that was, I think in the last week, Corey Michael Smith did come out and say, you know, his transformation, obviously, in the show is not yet complete. Like, we've seen phase two of maybe a four-phase plan for mm-hmm. him. And we're only in the halfway line, really. So, that's exciting to see, because I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. Because the last two episodes of the season, when it was Lucius Fox and uh, Bruce in that chamber together, yeah. Watching him, you know, kind of manipulate the two of them in this kind of quiz quiz show uh, to stay alive. I'm like, this is so classic Riddler, and it was so much fun to watch. Yes, I completely but, agree. And it's but, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, that and honestly, I loved him picking apart how to make all the inmates of Gotham work or not of Ar- Arkham work for him, basically. Yes. Yeah. You know, it was to get his master plan to find the entrance lair to Indian Hill. Um, and just that moment, too, where he calls in Strange and Miss Peabody and it's kind of like, look, this is the reason this character, this person is the way they are. Give them this and they're fine. Do this to this person. And it was him basically mentally dismantling the room. And that was just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, and I will say, too, that while we've seen these two characters interact already a number of times, um, I I could see a entire season, an entire season of a Edward Nigma Oswald Cobblepot team. Oh God, them this when like Cobblepot's kind of recovering, you know, all, all all that that entire sequence of them kind of being roommates, kind of yes, was just I, so much fun, and it that's just what made I mean. you smile. It just it was it was so goofy and over the top and a dumb concept that worked so well on screen. And that's and that's exactly it. It's the the interactions between those two. Um, are so great and so much fun. So you take that and you combine it with the fact that both Nigma and Cobblepot are both really coming into their own when it comes to their villainous personalities. You put the two of them together along with the, the interactions that they have, the compatibility that they have together, man, that could be a brilliant team-up. 
Oh, yeah, especially because you're looking at probably your two strongest actors on this show. Robin yes. Lord Taylor and Corey Michael Smith does both ooze charisma on the show. They yeah. do it so, such a wonderful job. Every scene that they're in, they steal it, and it's they make it th- their own, and they make the show evolve around them. And it, you can see that uh, more than likely, you know, the showrunners saw the potential in them, but it wasn't until they started filming there that they were kind of like, okay, maybe we need to kind of tweak the scripts a little bit and start reworking our season a little to work around these guys. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, that uh, it's that one moment that I'm looking forward to. Like, like with Oswald, he's always had the cane and he's always worn tails, so it's nothing really new to see him like that. But the same way we always looked forward to Martian Manhunter on Supergirl eating Chacos, I'm just waiting for the moment that Nigma, not even a full costume or a full suit of question marks, but just the moment he has something with a question mark on it is going oh. to be such a brilliant moment. Oh, we did see that this season. We did? Well, we saw, like, again, it was the art art store heist of the giant question mark he sprayed on the wall. And the first time we got but to no, see I'm, that. No, I'm and, talking about oh, him. Oh, oh, like, oh, on him. Yes, on, yes, Physically yes. on him. Yes. Like, whether it's a bowler cap with a, like a, with a question mark on it or a jacket with a question mark or even, like, a shirt with a question mark on it. The moment we see the question mark on him, to me, is like a, a Martian Manhunter eating chocolates moment. Oh yeah, that that it's just kind of like this is the iconic moment where this character really is who they they are in the books. Yes, I can agree. So, um, going from a favorite to a worst, uh, let's jump into episodes. And um, this was kind of tough because it, it was tough for me to to point this out, but this one episode definitely stood out. Uh, talking about some of our the the worst episode or what we feel was the worst episode or weakest episode from season two. Um, I'll kick things off with this one. Um, you had talked about it a little bit earlier on in the annual when you mentioned um, Theo Gallivant and the, the Order of St. Dumas. And I felt that that episode, it's episode 11, worse than a crime, um, when everything kind of culminates with the, um, the Order of St. Dumas, I kind of felt like they were trying to build it up strong, but it went out with a whimper. Um, it was so lackluster the way they wrapped up that storyline that I was actually, I was very disappointed. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, when you and me were talking before we started recording, like there are a couple positives of it, like seeing Galavan taken down by Penguin at the end, getting the revenge for the death of his mother, Gordon making that call of shooting him in the head. Those were impressive, but it doesn't save that story. No. And that's exactly the point. Yeah. And I, I think it honestly, it kind of feels like it's, a, it's a tie up of it's everything from when you really find out uh, from when they steal the knife from the, you know, Bruce's home up until that moment. Um, it was just, you just wanted that to be wrapped up because there was more interesting things happening in the background. Yeah. Uh, how about you? What was something you would nominate as your least favorite episode? I actually said it was a tie for me. It was episode one and episode two of the season. Uh, it was Damned If You Do, episode one, and Knock Knock, episode two. It's the introduction of, you know, Theo Galvan into the city. We didn't know what to think of him. And then, obviously, you know, you get the little twist when he breaks the inmates out of uh, of Arkham. Uh, so you see Barbara Keen, broke, broke Loose, Jerome, all these characters. And... You're like, okay, this is kind of interesting, but they didn't do anything interesting with Jerome until episode three. He was just there. Um, it was a character that had such a strong entrance, and he was just such this felt like this weak background character until it got to episode three, the last laugh. Same with Barbara, uh, and you saw the continuation of that in Knock Knock, and I'm like, no, these guys were 
amazing to see. Um, And it was just disappointing. It was really disappointing. And it felt like this was just these moments that we see repeat through the show. You know, Gordon's fired. Big shock. You know, because that is not going to happen another six times in the show. (laughs) And Bullock resigns from the police force. It was all these things that you felt like, you know, it was they're always constantly in hot water. It's the rogue cops that are doing everything they can to save the day, but they're the they're the villains in the eyes of the criminal justice system. And it was just really we're gonna start off here. This is just dumb. Uh, and it was just it, it, it just irritated me a lot. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. But just like the same thing with uh Worse Than a Crime in the Order of Saint Damas, where, you know, the worst episodes still did have some strong moments. They did. Um, the whole scene with the maniacs throwing people off the roof. Oh yeah, um, in a public murder spree and spelling out the word, um, I, I thought that I thought that moment was fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. That was like I said, this, this like to find a worse episode, uh, the worst episode in this season was tricky. I felt like I really had to nitpick, um, and like I said, for every episode that was really focusing on the Order of Saint Dumas stuff, there was just as equally good moments that had nothing to do with that plot line in those episodes. And it was just kind of looking at the whole of things. Those really were the ones that stuck out to me. It was episodes one and two. And like I said, when we hit episode three, it felt like we, again, it's that statement of off to the races. Yeah. And that's where this season felt, felt like it took its stride. Like it's that reintroduction of the characters. Nothing really interesting seems like it's happening. Uh, the Galvan character is like, ah, whatever. I mean, like, you know, you dealt with Commissioner Loeb again. It was stuff that you're like. If you're going to do a big move, like breaking out these really interesting characters from season one, make them amazing right off the bat. And they did have that cool moment again, like I said, the tossing the bodies. Um, but I don't think you saw that really culminate until the last lap episode with uh, the, the death of Jerome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so best episode. I, I, okay. I, I think this might be. I don't know how difficult this was for you, but this really, in all honesty, this wasn't a hard choice for me. Nah, this was actually, I, I knew when we talked last week, um, I was only, I think, like, or uh, well, actually, when we recorded the annual, I was only like four episodes away from the end. And I already think I, at that point, I knew exactly what my favorite episode was. All right, I'll let you go first. Uh, right off the bat, it's episode number 14. Damn it's you. All of Mud and Madness. Damn you. Um, it. it, it <laughs> Not only was one of my favorite actresses ever in an episode, uh, Lori Petty, where you kind of see her play this Harley Quinn Joker-esque character that's kind of talks to Bruce about, hey, you're trying to find, you know, Matches Malone. This is where he's going to be. And they have this amazing exchange um, that was really strong. But what it was was ultimately when they got to that moment where it was Patrick Malone and Bruce having this conversation. And I'm like, this. that's when I knew right off the bat, that I was invested in the rest of the series just to watch David Mazzot and what he's going to do. That Because and, he wowed me beyond any of my expectations. And you are absolutely, you hit the nail square on the head. I say damn you, obviously, because that was my choice for favorite episode of the season as well. And it's that particular scene. It is that scene with him and Malone when he is confronting the murderer of his parents. And it is the actions that he takes and the choices that he makes in that scene that is that is the stepping stone. That is the quintessential step that makes that begins the transformation to Batman. Yeah, that's the moment. I mean, and that's that start of that episode. That's where you see 
him learn that lesson of like, you don't have to beat him, you just have to outlast him. It was you had all those moments where this episode it, it is one of those ones. I know I'm going to find myself bored one night and I'm like, I feel like watching an episode of something. And this is always going to be the mental contender. Like it's the Supergirl flash crossover episode. It's and it's going to be this from season two of Gotham. Yeah. And uh, it, it's that moment. I mean, it's it, the funniest thing about this, too, is the fact that we both chose this one as our favorite episode. And in a season that's deemed Rise of the Villains and and Wrath of the Villains, this is an episode that really does not focus on the villains. Yeah. Um, it focuses on Bruce. And, and just so our listeners know, me and Ben actually have not had any discussion about. Yeah, we don't talk about this before until, until tonight. This is the first time. So the fact that you and me are on the same page, I'm really wondering from those of you that listen, that do watch Gotham. I want to know if, if what were our thought is from this, this season, if this episode really truly was like, give us your feedback in face on Facebook on that group page because I want to know if we're way off the mark or or not but I, I mean to me this was one of the defining moments of the show yeah I mean and you're absolutely right that's something we've never really been upfront about from the beginning but with any of these annuals that we do with the exception of the fact that before we started recording we both said least favorite moment was the resurrection of fish mooney like we we knew that already we didn't even have to talk about it we just kind of knew but all of these favorite characters and 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 such we don't talk about it until we're recording yeah, because I mean, we like, want we, that reaction. We have, oh, yeah, we have brief discussions in the beginning, and I think we even mentioned earlier that we talked real fast about, you know, because I, I asked you before we started tonight, was like, what was your least favorite episode? Because I'm having a hard time finding one, and we talked about that, but that was about it. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we, we, we didn't... try to dive into this cold, and we do that almost every time we record any episode. When we watch Flash or Arrow, Supergirl, Legends, there's a quick text that we can take screen caps for you yeah. guys and just toss them up <laughs> and, and be like, it. did you see that? Holy shit. And that's the last thing we say to each other yep. until we sit down to do the show because it's so much more fun to be able to geek out about it with each other. The same way that if we were to meet any of you guys in person that are passionate about these shows as well, that it'd be the same reactions because that's, I think, what why we love doing the show is it's us getting to geek with each other. And you guys being able to be along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. So, like Rob said, absolutely use Facebook. Um, once you're, li- you know, when you're finished listening to this, or even as you're listening to this, post on our page. Let us know what were your least favorite and favorite moments, your least favorite and favorite characters, favorite episode, least favorite episode. Give us some feedback because we, we're obviously we're we're exploring our opinions for the first time, Rob and I. But we're definitely interested in knowing what you guys think at the same time. So yeah. we absolutely encourage you to, you know, comment on the the actual podcast posting. Let us know what you think, and 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 we'll go from there. Because, and we've proven time and time again, we interact with you on Facebook. We don't just read them and let them go. We reply. We like. We we do everything because we love doing that. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's why we created it. Well, I mean, that and be able to keep track of the news a lot easier for ourselves as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of selfishness, but at the same time, is it's awesome to see you guys responding. Yeah. Um, so we've gotten through all of our favorite and least favorite moments, characters and episodes. So we're going to, the next step is now we have to take the villain. Um, we have to decide because last, when we well, did season we have one. Two. Well, like I said, you know, we, we did multiple for season one and I would say season two, uh, the first half of the season is Galavan and the second half is, uh, Hugo Strange. You don't think Nigma would fit in there at all with everything he went through with Gordon? You know, but he was, yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, he, he, kind of I mean a, he, he murdered Kringle. He, he framed Gordon. 
and right, he well, is part of the the plot towards the end of the season. Okay. Well, we did three for season one, so we'll do three for season two. Okay. Um, all right. Let's start with uh, you know what? Let, well, we'll just get the big one out of the way since he was our our joint favorite character. Uh, let's just start with Nigma since we brought him up. Um, our rating system: we we still do sidekick, um, sidekick, hero, and legend. Uh, but we also put a number rating on it where 1 to 3 is sidekick, 4 to 7 is hero, and 8 to 10 is legend. Um, so Edward Nigma as a villain, uh, as a seasoned villain, where do we stand with this? Where do you stand with your rating? I will say because he wasn't the big bad and he still kind of was the underling when it all was said and done, um, I will still say he's a legend. And I will say 8. And it would be a ten if we got to see him more. Okay, I um, I'm pretty close to the same page. I will actually. I'm not thinking of him as in a secondary big bad. Uh, I'm taking into account everything he did in his big bad moments, uh, and with looking at it that way, I'm actually going to give him a nine because I thought he was in the moments where he was the big bad. Um, I, I think he was really brilliant. In the actually, you know what? I will. I will. I will actually. I'll, I'll meet you on that one. I will actually say a nine because I, you know, he also kind of got Penguin back to being Penguin. All these little things. I forgot that he because when you watch seasons one to two back to back, man, holy crap, the things start to blur. I'm like, oh, that was season two. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, you know, I'm gonna give him a nine as well. Okay. I will totally give him a nine. All as right. Well. Uh, we'll go next with we'll go with Galavant. I'll go with okay because um, he is the one that kind of started the season um, as the the villain. Um, are we going Mayor Galavant? Or are we going Azrael Galavant? Or are we going just Galavant as a whole? Galavant as a whole. Okay, um, I'll start this one off, and um, it's tough if we're doing Galavant as a whole because. Uh, he obviously had some really weak moments as mayor, but he had some stronger moments as Azrael. So I'm, I'm kind of going to go in the middle. Split the difference. I, I, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to give him a hero. Uh, I, it's going to be about a six, so it's probably going to be a little midway. I'm actually right match with you. Hero <laughs> six. Um, I think I loved watching him try to work um, uh, Bruce you know, into giving him the company in exchange for who killed his family. Um, I loved watching that angle. I thought when you got to see him as the, the, the businessman type that was kind of trying to manipulate things, he was more interesting than when we were like, oh, nope, this, he's a cult leader, basically. And that's when he kind of started taking dips down. And then the Azrael thing, and I'm like, well, he's just nuts now. So, But he's got a cool costume, and he kind of inspired Bruce uh, to, to rock a costume. So, okay, we're going to bump him back up a little bit. So, yeah, six. All right. Uh, and finally, um, I think probably, uh, I think the man who became the biggest villain of the season, uh, Hugo Strange. Um, I'll let you start on this one. Uh, I'm going to go Legend, actually, on this one, too. Um, but it's going to be the lower end of the spectrum. He's definitely getting an 8. Um, just for the sure reason that he was very strong, uh, he was fun to watch, but he ultimately went out with a whimper, not with a bang. You know, yeah. he, he, he kind of crumbled under everything he did and fell apart, uh, which makes sense for, I guess, his character type, but still um, kind of disappointing. And the fact that knowing that he's just kind of like just an underling to the Court of Owls and kind of 
couldn't stand up to them when he was able to stand up against everybody else so amazingly and crush their argument. And But when it came to the Court of Owls, he kind of curled on, into a ball. It was kind of like watching Cobblepot deal with Mooney in season one. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm going to go a little bit lower, actually. Um, I'm actually I'm going to give him a hero, but I'm going to give him a seven. Um, one for the sake of being different, because otherwise all three, <laughs> we've given all three of them the same rating. Um, but I'm taking away a point, uh, mainly because of the fact that he resurrected Fish Mooney. Oh, damn it. <laughs> can I lower my score in match yours again? <laughs> if you want to, you can. Um, yeah, you know what? He gets a seven because he did resurrect Fish. He, he, I forgot to take that into account. He loses a point because he resurrected Fish Mooney. Um, so he, but you know what? He only met the corpse. He didn't know how insane she was. So, very true. Very true. So, so I but guess still can... because he's responsible, still a seven. Yes. Um, and now the fun part: the season as a whole. Everything will take everything into consideration from the characters, the storylines, all of our favorite moments and such. Um, same rating scale: one, two, three, sidekick; four to seven, hero; eight to ten, legend. Um, what do we give? this season as a whole why don't you kick this one off uh all right um i think when you compare this to season one and honestly off the top of my head i don't even remember what i think i gave season one about a six um you know it wasn't definitely weak but found its footing towards the end it was either a five or six um when you compare this to season one it is hands down much much better still some weak points um some slips of the foot occasionally, but definitely more solid ground than season one. Um, I thought the villains were great from Victor Freeze to Firefly to, you know, the evolution further into Cobblepot and Nigma. Um, and some weaker moments, obviously, with, with Gordon and, um, you know, Bullock and, and such. I still think it's a stronger season. I'm, I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go Legend, but I'm going to go low-end Legend. I'm going to give it an 8. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing if this stride that they found towards the end of the season will continue into Season season 3. Okay. I can I can get behind that. I think I will actually stick uh, stick with yours, actually, on that too. I was thinking an 8. Uh, so Legend, low Legend. Um, definitely a couple of missteps in the first half of the season. But yeah, like you said, Victor Freeze, we got Firefly, we got Clayface for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, that's right. I forgot. Like he's there and it's just small and it's quick moments. But straight up, they said Basil Carlo. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then the way they did it, and it was cheesy and over the top. One thing I loved about the season is they embraced the, the fact that they know the show is weird and Batman's rogues are weird characters. And they had fun with it. Like they kind of like, you know, season one was very much this it was a crime drama. This show in season two had a lot more elements of horror um, than it did uh, the crime drama, like especially the second half of the season. Like you had the cultist stuff in season, like the first half of season two. You had, um, you know, uh, Hugo Strange working and doing weird, strange experiments on people in the later half. Like, so there was a lot of body horror stuff that we saw. So it had a lot of elements of sci-fi and horror. So, and I really hope that when we hit season three, they're going to take a whole new theme and wrap their brains around a brand new theme. Because the show definitely took this weird swing in, in the second half of season two 
where they're like, nope, we know who we are, what we are, we're going to embrace it and run with it. And the show got weird and, you know, kooky and stuff like that. But it worked and it was fun and they did a great job of it. I mean, and they have some great character moments along for the ride. Yeah. It was something amazing to see. And I'm happy that you brought up Victor Freeze, though, too, because they did such a great job on his two episode arc. Really remind me a lot of the old Heart of Ice uh, animated series episodes. Um, you know, they're obviously kind of blending a lot of the universe together to make that work. But it makes me really excited for where they're going to go in season three because they're definitely they found their footing. They're climbing upward and I hope they can keep that that momentum, make the decisions that they made in this season, work for them in season three, a la Fish Mooney, as we talked about, do something unique, interesting. Don't drag characters backwards. Keep them on an uphill momentum the way that they should. And, you know, one thing we and a character we haven't even mentioned was, for fuck's sake, man, they got Paul Rubens to come back to play oh, Cobblepot's father. I forgot about that, too. And that's even part of that whole that family Elijah, dinner thing. That Elijah Van Dahl character that Paul Rubens plays. Because the fact that they went back to the well and were like, you know, Paul Rubens played it in that you know, Batman Returns in that opening sequence. And it was just a couple moments in that opening sequence of Batman Returns, as you see, as as the father of Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. And the fact that he came back to do that, I'm like, oh, bravo. I mean, like, that was a classy move. But honestly, you think about it, too. Like, him and Robin Lord Taylor, when, like, you know, Paul Rubens was younger, they have a lot of physical similarities. And I'm like, that was cool. It was a, it was a right casting choice. But I loved watching them on screen together. It was an odd you know, character like storyline because Cobblepot's kind of mentally neutered at this point and he's well off, but I loved what they did with that. It was fun to watch. It was, it was like I said, it, it's that kooky, horror kind of storyline. He was this saccharinely sweet character, but it, he was endearing though at the same way. And then like we get all these great character moments throughout the season and they did some awesome things and I'm really excited to see what season three is going to bring. And then we know in season four, it's the reveal of Jerome back. I mean, so what are they going to do this season to get us to where that season four is supposed to, to culminate to? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'm completely on the same page with it too. I'm, I want to see, God, there's so much I want to see in, in this yeah. next season. Um, but I mean, that leads us into, you know, predictions for this upcoming season. Um, you know, obviously, there's been some new character announcements. We're going to see the Mad Hatter making an appearance in uh, making his debut in season three. Uh, Killer Croc, I know, is going to be making his appearance in season three, and I think we're going to be doing more of Court of the Owls in season three as well. Yeah, we have Court of the Owls, which means we're going to see the Talons. Uh, we know the Tweed Brothers, well, the Tweedles, as most of us know them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they start maybe playing with some other small characters, like you see, like you know, somebody like Professor Pig come into play. Um, you know, we saw the doll maker in season one. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these new villain types. And the big question that we still have to answer is who is the doppelganger of Bruce Wayne? Most likely my guess. And I think a lot of other people are thinking that they're playing with the idea of hush, um, Thomas Elliot character, which we did see Thomas Elliot in this season is the bully that was picking on Bruce. So really curious to see what they're doing with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting um to see where they're going to go with with this season but i'm yeah. i'm looking forward to it man i'm i'm actually after doing both of these annuals i am really glad that we decided to add gotham to to these shows that we talk about 
I am too. And like I said, you know, I know a couple of you out there, I think there was one person that mentioned that they started watching through Gotham uh, season one and uh, we're on to season two. Um, and I, I, I'm happy that more people are giving this a shot, picking this up. Uh, it, it Season two, especially, is very worthy of your time. Season one, just like Arrow season one, has a lot of rocky moments, but there's a good bones there. They just need to do to find a way to work with it. I mean, like, and they did a great job this season. Next season, one of my favorite characters from season one is coming back. We're seeing more Carmine Falcone. Um, you know, it, it, this is this could be really awesome and really interesting. And I hope they find a way to get BD Wong back in for more than just one or two episodes. I agree with that completely. So, um, so I guess, um, I guess we can just go on to to news and such. I, I guess so. Um, so. Before we do that, I had an idea, and I'm going to run this past you while we're, while we're talking about this. This is, honest to God, I've, I've not discussed this with Rob yet. I was actually just thinking about this. That's kind of why I blanked for a minute. Um, I have an idea, and it's basically it's a challenge to our listeners um, to help boost the Facebook page. Um, right now, obviously, we just started this Facebook page a little over a week ago. We already have, uh, I think, of close to 100 people that are likes. I know we have more listeners than that because I, I check the numbers. Um, so here's the challenge. And, Rob, you can tell me if you agree with this or not. I just read a news story online earlier today that Constantine, the complete season, is finally coming to Blu-ray. Uh, it is coming to Blu-ray. I don't know if you had this in news or not. Then correct me if you did. Uh, I, I did see that. I didn't write it in my news. Story, okay. So. October 4th, 2016. So it's only a couple of weeks away. Uh, the com- Constantine, the complete series, Blu-ray releases. Um, here's my challenge. And I- I'm, I'm going to do this myself. So I want to reach 250 likes by the time October 4th comes around. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a big challenge. I think that's very easily done. If all of our listeners, if all of our regular listeners actually go to the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash DC primetime likes the page and all of the people who are currently currently on it, share it to get their friends to like it as well. I don't think it's a hard challenge. If by October 4th, the day that series releases on Blu-ray, we hit 250 likes. We will do a contest to give that away to one of our listeners. Actually, you know, let's make this even more obtainable. Let's say 200. Okay. Um, well, that means we're fine looking with that. for 101. We are at 99 likes. So we're talking about 101. That person that that does that, what we'll do is we'll run a contest right after that. As soon as we do that, we will buy a copy of that. And actually, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll even sweeten the pot. Let's see how we're doing in a week or two. And uh, maybe we'll throw in... Maybe we'll throw in something extra. We'll we'll do another. Maybe we'll do another blueberry release. Or we'll uh, do a t-shirt. Wanted, yeah, yeah. We can we can we can mix it up. We can we can do something special for it. I think we can definitely do something special. I, we'll, I do, will, we'll do a giveaway. We'll, I do. We'll definitely I, do. We'll do Constantine season one, uh, and we'll do. We'll even say Blu-ray or DVD. Your dep- choice, depending on what you have. Absolutely. Yeah, and then um, then we'll uh, we'll 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 jump it up from there. Well, so. I'll tell you what. This is what we'll do. We'll make this like a Kickstarter plan. If we hit 200 likes and you have three weeks, actually, it's a little less than three weeks, I think, at this point. Um, by October 4th, if we hit 200 likes, which is 101 more likes, 
we got 98 in a matter of a week and a half. So in three weeks, we could very easily get another 101. If we re- reach 100 and, uh, 200 likes by October 4th, we will have a contest to give away Constantine the Complete Season on Blu-ray or DVD. If we hit a bonus number of 250, we will sweeten the pot with something else. Yeah. And we'll make sure that sweeten the pot is something cool. And it's not going to obviously be for the person that's the 250th like, because that doesn't do anything for you guys. No, what we'll do is we'll, we'll do a post where it's just something like, give us your favorite DC character if you respond to that. And we'll give you a full week to do it. We'll start it on a Sunday, end it on a Sunday after we record and the episode is up and then that Monday. So everybody will have a chance when we get back from work. You just respond to your favorite DC character and we'll we'll choose somebody that's in there that responds to it and we'll we'll pick you from there. Yes. And then we'll just hit you up. So you, all you have to do is we have that little send us an email right on our Facebook and it goes right to our direct email account for this show. So we'll we'll let you know if you win. We'll send you a private message and then you can send us your information where you want things sent to. If you want digital copies versus physical media, we can purchase it on Amazon, gift it, whatever like you know the choice may be, and then we'll go from there. Yes. So, so your mission as our listeners is to, if you haven't already, like the page. Again, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And if you already like, if you already like the page, and even if you, once you do like the page, share it, share it, share it. Get your friends to like it. You don't even have to tell them about the contest if you don't want to. <laughs> um, but they're going to hear it if they start listening to us anyway. Um, get us to 200 likes, you win a prize. It's as easy. You, well, you have a chance to win a prize. It's as easy as that. So, uh, sound like a good idea, Rob? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. It's done. Done deal. And then maybe we'll do something else again later down the road. We'll, maybe we'll do a couple of contests just for the shits and giggles. I love it, stuff. man. I, I think it's, it's, it's a great way to reward our listeners for actually being listeners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, and it, uh, it's, if, if anything, just to get more people engaging together on Facebook, because I'd love, because I can tell you, everybody now, one of the reasons that we're doing this Facebook, too, is when every episode starts airing, because it's only a couple of weeks away, um, especially with Gotham kicking off, there will be a poll every night and we will make sure we'll wait at least an hour after it and like ends as far as Eastern time, because we know there's folks on the West coast that, you know, are well behind where we are at, uh, out in Philadelphia. But what we will do is will there always will be a poll. It's just, what do you give this episode hero, you know, um, you know, sorry, sidekick hero and, and legend. And we want to get people talking with each other. That's our whole goal for it is we want you guys to talk to each other not even just talk talk to us, just talk with each other. Get good, co- like positive conversations going about the shows because we will look at what you guys are saying. Because if there's really awesome points, like some people, like you know, like Shad brought up earlier, that idea about Fish Mooney being the embodiment of Arrow flashbacks, <laughs> we love reading that stuff because it, it's what you guys are thinking, and we wouldn't let you know what other people that are watching these shows are thinking, not just us. Yeah, I mean another prime example of that too. We uh, you posted about having uh, we're recording this episode, this issue late, but we are still recording another one on Sunday as our normal time, and is going to be kind of like a big recap of everything before the shows start back up. And another listener who posted on the page actually gave us a good idea of something that we can talk about during next week's episode or the the next issue, and we're gonna do it. I mean because it it was a great recommendation. So, yeah, that was a uh, that was listener Jackson uh, saying, you know, what comic arcs or one shots you'd like to see adapted into film, animation, or live action, and we said we're going to do it, and we are definitely going to do that on Sunday. Yeah, so. I, I'm looking forward to it now. It's a great recommendation. 
you know, we're we're here to t- geek out with each other, geek out with you guys. But if there's something that we're not talking about, or we're missing major plot points in shows and episodes, that's why this is here. It's for you guys to be like, hey, you morons, you missed this amazing character story. Like, <laughs> I had a couple people that listened to the show message me before in the past, like. You never brought up that moment in the end of Arrow, uh, the last season, when Laurel dies, her whispering into Ollie's ear. And a lot of people have been speculating, what is this? And we never even brought it up on the show since then. Uh, I know we missed that, but that's something we're going to bring up in the next weeks coming up to the start of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we do pay attention to that stuff. It, it's it's it, You're keeping us honest about the art of thoughts, and if we're way off the mark, tell us. Uh, if you agree with us, tell us. If we're... if we're nowhere in the ballpark and our show you think our show sucks tell us because you know what no show is perfect and we can always do new things to improve it if there's things that we sh- you know people asked us to do gotham we're listening we're doing gotham yes you know? yeah oh yeah so, a number of people told us why aren't we doing gotham um, so and now we are so i mean it, you know it comes down to that um so yeah contest likes shares there you go uh uh-huh. yep. <laughs> good so good way yeah. to sum it up <laughs> uh, we got a lot of news that we're going to get to, yes. so let's hit that now. And Rob, we'll turn it over to you since you are the usual news guy. What's some of the news that we missed over the course of this past week? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a little chunk here. Ben, you're going to you're going to vamp for a second so I can have a glass of uh, something to drink really quickly because, dear God, this is a lot to try to read. Well, in one stint. It's funny because I'll vamp by saying that I know what you're drinking. Um, <laughs> well, no, that's gone. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because uh, I was going to actually bring this up, too, that um, obviously Arrow, Stephen Amell plays Arrow, um, and I was going to talk to you a little bit about this, too. To anybody out there who's you know fans of Arrow and stuff like that, um, if you're a wine drinker, um, get yourself it's, – it's a little pricey, but it's totally worth it. Um, check out – and I, this has been my recommendation before, too. Uh, check out Stephen's Wine Club, um, Knocking Point Wine. Uh, I just got my last shipment in. It, the shipments come; every, they're quarterly. They're about a hundred bucks a quarter, uh, so it equates to about like thirty-three dollars a month. Uh, two bottles of wine, some great goodies. I just got my last one, and it had two bottles of wine, some coffee, um, Cabernet stuff like that. So it was uh, well, well worth the wait. And I've been a, part, a member of the club as well. If you're not a wine drinker, they also have a knocking point goods. Um, one where you can actually it, there's no wine it's just a lot of cool stuff that they send you including the coffee which is awesome um i've gotten beach towels and i've gotten beach bags and i've gotten hats and i've gotten mugs and um you know stemless glasses and candles and a ton and socks and <laughs> i've gotten like two or three pairs of socks um and my i know my new shipment is coming and it's a matte black thermos which is awesome because it'll go along with my matte black coffee travel coffee mug which i use every freaking morning um so yeah so i i highly recommend checking out knocking point if you don't already yeah all right did i vamp long enough yes okay all right all right to the news to the news so what we're gonna do is we're gonna kick over the stuff that's not directly show related to more of the video game movie stuff first and then we'll dive into the show stuff here so right off the bat at the canadian fan expo uh, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy teased not one, but two additional animation films that are coming soon. That being Hush and Death in the Family for Batman, which is incredibly exciting, which definitely dives into what uh, Jackson wanted us to talk about next week. So 
Obviously, those are two that will not be on our list, obviously, anymore. <laughs> but uh, really excited to see Hush. Hush was such a good, um, uh, just, just amazing graphic novel. And it was kind of the tease of seeing Red Hood kind of come back with that Jason Todd character uh, returning from the grave. But didn't turn out to be quite that way. And then, obviously, Death in the Family being the classic, which is the death of Jason Todd. Uh, moving uh, forward a little bit here. Aquaman is actually really, really close to pre-production. It's actually going to be starting in Australia in December. And this, bear in mind, too, this is pre-production, which means more than likely they'll begin filming probably, I would assume, more than likely February, March time frame. So get ready to start seeing, I'm sure, a big like kind of flood of news. I'm sure, I think you're going to probably see a lot more casting announcements for a couple characters we haven't heard too much about quite yet, especially as they're starting to gear up. Uh, the next moment, too, here is the Booster Gold film, which we've been hearing about for a little bit now, very specifically through, uh, I think there was an interview back on Fat Man on Batman a little while back that we talked about that was uh, Andrew Kreisberg really wanting to get a Booster Gold TV show going. I know there's been start and stops with uh, them over at Sci-Fi multiple times, which kind of ended up falling apart, but they've been really wanting to do this for quite some time, and Booster Gold is now obviously heading to the big screen. And the person that's actually going to be working on that is Zach Stance, the guy that wrote the Runaway Dinosaur episode that we talked about that we loved from season two of Flash oh so much. Yeah. And uh, he, this is also the guy that's the writer on the reboot of the Power Rangers movie. He wrote Thor. He wrote uh, X-Men First. I think it was First Class. Like a really impressive writer uh, is the guy penning this. But we did find out one weird thing that apparently this will not be connected to the DC Extended Universe, which was kind of a big womp womp. Um, I don't know how you're, you, as most of you feel about it. I know one one of our listeners did dive in when we posted this story. Was kind of like this really sucks, and me and Ben definitely agree. I mean, I kind of hope that this means that more than likely, it's you know connected but loosely connected in the way that Guardians of the Galaxy is connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, they'll be very 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 linked by the time we hit Infinity Wars, but that movie very much stands on its own two feet. It's part of that universe, but they don't beat you over the head that Thor and Captain America and Iron Man are there, you know? Well, has So it, hopefully... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, has it... I know it's been revealed that it's not connected to the DC Cinematic Universe, but I've heard rumor that they've never discounted the fact that it may connect to the television universe. Well, that's a good point. It very well could. I think it's because it's two separate ends of the spectrum you know warner brothers television and warner brothers films are completely opposite divisions i think this would cause more problem than anything i mean i think we were both kind of surprised when shazam was announced to be part of the dc extended universe because a lot of us i don't think expected it to um so the fact that this isn't i think you're going to see them make some tweaks and changes to that and i think it will have a loose connection so yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised if that is not altered. Um, so the next piece is a bit of casting news that kind of came out of nowhere, but not quite because the last episode we saw a little teaser of Deathstroke on the flying box, which a lot of us expected. That means maybe Deathstroke was in Justice League or he was going to be in the Batman. And uh, that casting finally did indeed happen. And I apologize because I always butcher this man's last name. I know what it is. So um, if you say it wrong, I can correct you. So why don't you say it? Because you know who's been cast as Deathstroke. It is Joe Manganiello. Yes. So for a lot of you out there that have seen Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Um, <laughs> I love out of all the projects that he's done. I know. That but is I have the to one you go up. to. <laughs> I have to bring it up because 
I loved him in that. So, I did too. Um, I thought he was great in that. But I mean, but true most, blood most, and most well known, obviously, for Magic Mike and for his characters playing Al Seed from uh, HBO's True Blood TV series. I mean, he was um, he's he's another guy. He's another actor who has been in both Marvel and DC. Yeah, because he was Flash Thompson was Flash in Thompson. Uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yes, he was. So, so but yeah, uh, I think this was great casting, though, uh, especially coming off of Mano Bennett as Deathstroke. Um, this is the right casting choice when they're not doing the traditional white haired Deathstroke with the eye patch. This is the right call. This is definitely the right call. And Manu Bennett actually came out and said um, that his I think his exact response on Twitter was, OK, if Joe is playing Deathstroke, I'm going Magic Mike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is great. Okay, so moving forward, we did talk last uh, episode about Black Lightning as a TV series, and it looks like that has now been picked up by Fox at least for its pilot. So we do know it's not going to be CW. So we do know it looks like it has now landed a home at Fox. So don't be too surprised. Maybe we can get four shows on Fox now. So. We'll have Gotham and Black Lightning, and then we're going to lose our minds because I don't know what to do at that point. <laughs> so, um, Also, uh, another piece of casting news for the film universe is we now have our Henry Allen for the big screen, that being Billy Crudup, who everybody knows very well as playing Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen film from Zack Snyder, which I think this was actually really good casting. Um, so another good piece. So they, they keep getting the casting right in the DC Extended Universe. Now they just have to make sure that the films are good. <laughs> yeah so um another piece talking a little bit more about the justice league film and this comes from the mouths of john berg and jeff johns specifically as far as the tone for justice league if they've beaten everybody over the head with the ideas this is going to need drastically later and they said straight up before the film started shooting that the two of them were responsible with chris terrio of fully reworking the script and from the criticisms that they were there they made sure that the hope and optimism and fun of the film happens very fast and early on into the film. They said this will not be a repeat of what we've seen previously with Batman versus Superman. This is going to dive right into more of a positive atmosphere. We're going to see these characters in a much lighter tone. And I know that a lot of people do like a darker DC universe. And they can. it doesn't mean they can't have dark stories, but the characters are some, some characters that should inspire hope. That's something that Marvel has constantly gotten right. They are heroes first and foremost. It doesn't mean that what they're dealing with is not a dark and dire situation. So, but they also kind of did state as well that not only is it their hope and optimism kind of the themes for their characters, but that they're also going to make sure that they address the consequences of the actions of Batman from Batman versus Superman. Very specifically, the fact that this is a Batman that had no problem murdering, had no problem branding people, I tried to kill Superman. All these things. They said there are consequences for his actions, and we're going to see even optimism out of Batman by the end of this, which is something that's, I think, perfect. They're, the character is not this bleak, dour character all the time. Even in the animated, animation series, he would never smile, but he would smirk. And it was that when that happened, like it made you smile. So all they have to do is get that. So I think from at least what we've seen in the trailers... There's a lot of positivity that I think we, we're going to see out of this film. And it sounds like these, they're going to get these characters right. And I think Jeff Johns is a big reason for why. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> but then again, we did see some really cool trailers from Batman v Superman. And, yeah. You know. 
enough said about that. Very true. Uh, this is kind of a small story I had to include because I didn't even know this. I thought this was kind of interesting was before the, you know, Tim Burton Batman film with Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, there was, I know, kicking around beforehand, the Joe Dante version of the film um, before Burton took over. And we found out originally who was going to be cast as the Joker prior to Jack Nicholson, that being of John Lithgow, which I think is actually kind of awesome. I do, too. Uh, I love John um, Lithgow. And now I'm kind of like, man, I kind of wish we could have gone back in time a little bit and seen the John Lithgow version of the Joker. That would have been pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, that's a little fun side note that I thought was well worth bringing up. Um, Also, staying in the film universe as well. The Superman film that we did report on a couple episodes back has now officially been been confirmed by Henry Cavill's management team. They did say there is indeed a true sequel to The Man of Steel coming that will be happening after, obviously, the Justice League film. And then last but not least in the film universe is it is 100% confirmed that Harley Quinn spinoff film is a go. Yay! Margot Robbie will indeed also be now not overly the lead character, but executive producer on the film. She's apparently getting to call a lot of some of the shots as long with uh, Jeff Johns. So I think it's going to be her own production studio that she's starting up to do this as well. She's been a big proponent and drive for, driving force of this character. You know, we've seen Suicide Squad this past week break over $700 million, which is a fantastic feat for any film, um, which shows that, you know, critical response doesn't always lead to massive negative response from these things. But uh, we did find out and get confirmation again that uh, that we're also looking at more, uh, you know, female heroes and villains will be featured in the film as well. So so now moving over into the television universe. Oh, jeez. Oh, like I said, this is a week and a half of news. So for, you know, uh, obviously Gotham, I don't really have, I can just reiterate again. It was just the interview with Corey Michael Smith mentioning again, the Riddler transfer, uh, transformation is not yet complete and expect to see the third part of that transition happen in season three. As far as Supergirl, we find out a little bit of the, uh, the move to Vancouver and what it allowed the show to do. Not only did it help them save money, but they said one of the biggest things that they fought with in season one was at the L.A. sets and uh, where they were shooting was very confined and there was not a lot they were able to do. They said the move to Vancouver helped them give the show a sense of scale that they've never been able to have before. So they said not only is it helping them lower the cost of productions, but show this you know, national city and now metropolis in much grander light. Uh, heading over into The Flash, we did report earlier since the last episode that Mirror Master will not be a traditional one of the rogues as we all expect. He's not going to be human, but now a meta. So I know this caused a little bit of a stir with a couple people. Um, and I think this is actually an okay call. I, I think as long as they get the heart of this character correct, and he still is joining up with the traditional rogues, I think all will be fine. Uh, in addition to that, we did have a little bit more information, which came actually today, or uh, not today, uh, yesterday, I believe. But we did find out the title of Episode 7, which is the episode being directed by Kevin Smith, that being Killer Frost. And as I mentioned today, I think in the news post is uh, the... Ah, crap. I can I, I can never remember the stating, but I will skim and see if I can find it. And if not, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, uh, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. And the way that this was actually found was Kevin actually tweeted a shot of the cover. He did have the cover page uh the title of the episode completely covered up by a pen but somebody went in with a photoshop tool and was able to change the image just enough to see and read the name of the uh, name of the episode on the page behind it 
So um, I thought that was kind of uh, amusing, but it's nice to see that we will see the continuation of Killer Frost. Now, the big question is, obviously, is this the Earth 2 Killer Frost or is something going to happen to Caitlyn? So that's more speculation for the next weeks to come. Okay, we'll save it for next week. Yes. We'll save it for next week. Because I still have more to read. I have a theory, but we'll save it next week. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Let's jump into Legends of Tomorrow. So, let's see. There is now shots of Damien Dark and the Reverse Flash officially on set. So, we do know that the Legion of Doom is indeed coming. But not only that, we did have another piece of casting. That being Dan Payne has been cast as a younger version of Obsidian. So, which we already reported that would be played by Lance Henriksen. So, Obviously, I think we're, it means we're going to see that 1940s-esque version of the character for the JSA and more of a modern day. Um, now, moving over finally into Arrow. Stephen Amell has said a live-action Deathstroke in Batman will not nix the potential for Manuel Bennett's return to the show. He said 100% they have already talked to the producers, and he is not off the table as many people speculated last season. Right now, it's purely based on Manuel Bennett's uh, potential shooting schedule and also where they think that the season may go but he um, Amel is hopeful and positive that we will see him sometime this season uh, we did officially get confirmation that Katie Cassidy will appear as Laurel Lance in the season 5 premiere of the show uh, we did report that the theme for this season is more along the lines of being legacy and obviously this probably means right off the bat that the Laurel Lance that we are going to be seeing will be flashback, flashback, flashback. So very sad to say, but, eh, well, what can you do? At least she's going to be in the show. But uh, if Legacy is the theme, maybe there's hope that at the end of the season something could change. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we also get to see a wonderful shot this week is Artemis, Mr. Terrific, and Wild Dog all in costume on set which was a pretty cool shot. It's a really kind of hard to kind of make out the shot of Mr. Terrific in his mask, but he is indeed wearing the traditional fair, uh, fair play down the, sl- the sleeve of his jacket, which just made me absolutely giddy. He is rocking the, uh, the infamous <laughs> face paint. Uh, so obviously you will see, you can make out the outlines of the T on his face. His face is kind of turned away where he can't get a quite a good shot. Uh, the Artemis shot does look like the traditional archers we've seen so far. And wild dog very much looks like a poor rate Casey Jones. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the image actually right now as we're speaking, and it's it, you're right. He does. He, he looks like he looks like Casey Jones. Yeah, um, which has got to make Stephen Amell laugh. Considering yeah, I'm sure it does. He played that part, um, but we had the opportunity to meet Echo too, and I'm dude, I'm so excited to see what his character brings to the show because I, I already like his character, but now that he's becoming Mister Terrific, especially after meeting him and just knowing what a nice guy he is in real life. Like, I'm so excited to see Mr. Terrific show up. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm, I, he was such a spotlight on a rough season um, where he was something that you could kind of look to and be happy where the rest of the show was doing some good things and some very bad things. And uh, yes. I'm very happy that we're going to see him a lot more front and center. And the last piece of news I have for this week is Greg Berlanti stated that Suicide Squad used an arrow apparently was a test for the film to see if there was actually an interest in the characters. And not as previously stated by other people, which I believe somebody from our Facebook group was kind of like, bullshit, and I was kind of like, I agree. Yeah. We did see Will Holland, I think, this over the summer, uh, actually come kind of come out after the season wrapped and was kind of like, 
they were getting more and more frustrated because characters kept getting taken off the table for them to use. Um, and that doesn't sound like the cast was aware that if this was indeed a test, that it was a test. So I'm kind of a little bummed to hear that they kind of did that just to kind of build up characters that people really enjoyed. But especially now that we're, we have Superman on the big screen and uh, we're, we're seeing some cross or the big screen and the small screen. And we're going to see that with the Flash and now most of the Flash cast. Um, that they can't just say, go ahead and continue the use, because I know you've had Michael Rowan, uh, the show cast, multiple times now. Multiple times, yes. And I would love to see them come back. I really would love to see them come back. So maybe there's still hope for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, we did we did see him come back in an Earth 2 version, so... We did. You know, who's to say they can't figure out some way that with the repercussions of Flashpoint to bring him back? Indeed. Well... Because we meant to start recording this episode at 8 o'clock, and it is now 10.20 p.m., I would like to continue on with the evening. So, real quick, I think we only had one recommendation, and we were going to use a listener recommendation. So, before we do our cheap plugs, we will give that out to you. And that was Jackson Howard from the Facebook group mentioned for everybody to check out Batman Black Mirror from Scott Snyder, which I haven't had a chance to do yet, but I think I'm going to try to shoehorn that in. Uh, Probably not between now and Sunday, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Yep. And for those that have not read it yet, if you are reading DC Rebirth Detective Comics, there was a big wow moment yesterday in the books, and uh, I'm very interested to see where it goes. So if you haven't read those arcs yet, make sure you are current on Detective since Rebirth. Cause that's, was... that's the only one I've, I'm completely caught up with Detective Comics except for this week. Yes. So I have not read it. I know what the twist is, but I have not, I have not actually read it yet. Yes, it was quite interesting, and uh, I think people would be kind of interested to see what they're doing here. But yeah, so why don't we wrap up? Why don't you kick out your plugs, and I'll do mine so I can rest my voice for a second. <laughs> it sounds good. Uh, so, of course, this podcast, as well as a number of other podcasts, are all part of the Next Level Podcast Network. So we, of course, want to plug that, which can be found at nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, this podcast, as well as a number of other podcasts, including Beach Pod, uh, the Showcast Spotlight, which is our interview show in which Robin mentioned we've interviewed Michael Rowe, Aaron Richards from Gotham, Drew Powell, Stephen Amell, a, a number of different people uh, from these DC shows, as well as all realms of entertainment, like hundreds of like uh, over a hundred guests we've had on the showcast. Um, you know, and and we have there's a primetime fantasy football if you're a football uh, fantasy football player and such. So obviously we want to encourage you to check out again nextlevelradioonline.com or uh, facebook.com/nextlevelradioonline. I can be reached at ben at nextlevelradioonline.com, but um, through DC, of course, we want to encourage you to post, share, comment. Um, Basically, interact as much as you can on the DC Primetime Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, because uh, there's going to be prizes in the future. Yes, not not too long away. So No. But yeah, we'll remind you guys of that next week. And one thing I'm going to plug, instead of, uh, like I said, obviously, caffeinecrew.com, um, but uh, because this is massively important, not to just me, but Ben as well. Uh, ah, I'm glad see, you're doing I, this, because I, yes. I, I meant to do this, but I'm glad you're doing it. Obviously, if you want to email us for the show, for obviously right off the bat, you can just do DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com or head over, as Ben mentioned, to the Facebook page, and there's that little email us button. You can do that right there. That'll go right to that or just message there, obviously. But you can always check me out at caffeinecrew.com, as I mentioned. But 
there are going to be two posts on that Facebook page that have nothing to do with DC Comics, but it's something very near and dear to me and Ben. And uh, that's something that we do every year called Extra Life, which is actually a a charity for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And what it is is a 24-hour gaming marathon that this is my fourth year doing. And I've kind of been uh, kind of our little team captain for the last couple of years. Ben has joined me last year on this, and it will be joining me yet again. But what we're going to do is we're going to have little donation links where you can actually, actually, if you choose to, you can donate to our charities. What we're doing is we're playing for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And just so everybody knows, there's a lot of charities out there that do skim off the top where they're paying their executives, their staff. This is not one of them. 100% of every cent that you give will go directly to these hospitals. And in addition to this, to sweeten the pot, while this prize list is not yet up, if you donate anything to either me or Ben's portal pages, the people that we play with is a group called PS Nation. That's, uh, you know, psnation.com. They usually, if you go up onto their site and look at their little um, special events tabs, you can look at previous extra lives. They work with a lot of video game companies, and they give away some amazing things, and they do a raffle. So even if you... Donate on our pages. We play for that team. You're entered, entered into the raffle. They've given away PS4s. They've given away many, many games. They've given away something was one of the coolest things they've ever done, which was Naughty Dog, the guys that make Uncharted and The Last of Us. They gave away a prop from a commercial they did for Uncharted 2, which was a train seat signed by the entire team of Naughty Dog. They gave that away, I think, two or three years ago. So they do some really impressive stuff. And uh, it's an amazing cause. Don't do it just to get something, but do it to help some kids that are really in serious need. Um, It would mean a lot to us. If not, if you see it, share them out because what we're trying to do is just raise money for these hospitals because they really, really need it, especially as we're heading into the holiday season. Uh, And this happens on November 5th this year, which is a Saturday. So we'll keep that up on this page. I'll probably just pull something together with both me and Ben's donation link. So it'll be up there and pinned. Um, probably constantly, but if you see it, you know why that we're doing that. That's not because we're trying to get money out of you. We're trying to get money from you to give to no, people I mean, that and, really need it. And that's the thing that we have to drive forward to is that, you know, we're taking donations for this, but we don't see it. We don't see it. We don't no. touch it. It goes 100% goes directly to the charity. We don't touch one cent of it. We don't get our hands on it at all. Not that it would matter because we would absolutely give it to the rightful people. Um, but you don't ever have to worry about anything like that. It, it goes directly to the charity 100%. Right. And like I said, if, if you're one of those people that you need a little information about it too, you can simply also, if you want to find out more about it before we post this, it's extra-life.org. Uh, all donations can be made 100% anonymously. Like I said, 100% goes right to the charities and they specifically the hospitals of the player's choice. And on addition to it, if you need tax forms for all this stuff for tax deductions, they are all fully available on that website as well. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, nice full annual this uh, this issue. Yes, so I need to rest my voice. We're right about an hour and a half, and I think that's a good place to to wrap it up. It is. Um, so of course we, we do want to apologize one more time for this being late as it is a couple days late, uh, due to scheduling and things like that, but we're not skipping a week, our regular scheduled time of Sundays of recording on Sundays to be posted Sunday night, uh, into Monday morning is still right on schedule. If so you, by the time you're done listening to this, you only have to wait another day or two and you're going to get another issue of DC prime time. Um, 
it's only a matter, it's only a couple weeks before we're full on into everything. We've got Gotham starting up on September 19th, uh, this coming Monday, actually. So, And then September 20th, Telltale Batman, Episode 2, Children of Arkham. So yes. don't forget about that. We're going to be doing both of those in that episode. Yes. Um, and then we'll be talking about Gotham by itself for just just a few we- few issues uh, until Flash and Arrow come back, and you know we're we're back in the full of things. And we got a lot of cool stuff planned throughout the season. We're already working on having some guests come back on, like we have in the past. But uh, not just our friends and other you know and such, but uh, other podcasters like Brian or Sean and Brian or Sean um, from DC uh, from distri- uh, DCR podcast former dcr podcast uh we've already spoken to them they're absolutely going to join us again this season yes, even i know they're... i know at least brian is definitely going to be making an appearance uh yes. me and him have actually we talk um uh, pretty pretty regularly now so yeah like, i mean and obviously i mentioned drew powell who was supposed to be on today but unfortunately due to his shoulder surgery and being loopy from pain meds um he was unable to do so and we completely understand that it's you know um we don't criticize him at all. He's a fucking awesome dude. Um, so obviously we'll, we will push to have him on at some point over the course of the season. And who knows what other cast members we may get on to join us for a couple minutes here and there throughout the season. So we've made a lot a lot of great connections over the past couple years. We're going to use them. We're going to put them to use and we're going to get these guys on. Indeed. So... Uh, but that's going to wrap things up for this Gotham annual number two season two recap. Um, I, we're both going to rest. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for this Gotham. Again, post, share your comments, share your views. Uh, but until next time, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.